Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast from Switch to Manual. This is Antonio, and welcome to episode 82 for the end of September and the beginning of October. I'm recording this a little late, and it's probably going to come out the 1st of October, but it's actually the last show for September. This is the end of September. And I'm just a little I'm late because I am just swamped with doing so many other things. And actually, I was recording a bunch of other podcasts. Uh, and I just haven't been able to put the energy that I wanted to into the show. So I'm actually sitting here with very little to talk, with very little to talk about. Uh, and I apologize for that. But uh, and next month will be uh, in October. I think it'll be more interesting because... Uh, uh, this week coming up on October 6th, they have the uh, Scott Kelby photo walk uh, in Greenwood Cemetery. So for those of you who are interested in hanging out with me for a day in Greenwood Cemetery, uh, you go to the uh, Worldwide Photo Walk uh, homepage and look up uh, Greenwood Cemetery. I'll put a link in the Podbean page uh, for you guys to be able to click on. But this is, you know, anybody in the tri-state area wants to come down to Brooklyn for a day. You know, come on down to uh, Greenwood. We're going to walk through it, literally walk from one end to another. So it's going to be a long walk. And then there's a probably go grab a pizza or something like that on the on the far end. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of walking. So if you're going to sign up, bring those walking shoes and maybe a bunch of uh, ibuprofen <laughs> for those of us who are a little older. Because uh, uh, Greenwood is going to be a, it's, it's a nice walk. So that's going to be happening a next week and i you know what i might connect my mic my external mic and uh while i'm doing the photo walk uh record and then you know submit that for another show uh, or at least maybe part of a show i don't know i don't know what i'll be saying to all the uh photo walkers but if you're again if you're interested sign up now um there's a, there's plenty of slots left there were f- there's room for 50 and i think we're at about 30 filled right now so not you know, not one of my bigger walks I've noticed because I've had you know, I used to walk in uh, Red Hook Brooklyn and used to fill that one up very fast. But uh, lately I've been doing Greenwood, and unfortunately you know if they had just waited if they had made the, the walk a week earlier today, Greenwood Cemetery had uh, an open tombs tour, and what that is is that they they select a bunch of the mausoleums and vaults to uh, open up and then they have uh, people who are like acting as if they are the person who's buried there. And so you get to walk around and you actually get to go inside some of these um, mausoleums and these vaults. Uh, and I learned the difference between those two. A mausoleum is freestanding and a vault is actually uh, embedded in the side of a hill. So uh, and anyway, the people uh, stand in front and they pretend to be the person who's inside. So and then they give you a little bit of the history of the person who's buried there. And that was a cool tour. I did it last year. It was today. And if today would have been the photo walk, it would have been kind of cool because then people could have gone and done gone on the inside of the tombs as well. Um, but the walk next week will be just outside. It's going to be a regular day. So the, the photo walk and the, and the tomb tour is really, really close. But I was there at Greenwood uh, a week ago Friday, this past Friday. So a week ago prior Friday. 
And I was shooting with uh, some of the people I work with. We were doing some video and uh, we're doing a story about the uh, landmark status of uh, Greenwood Cemetery. And uh, one of the uh, camera guys who was with us actually got to fly a drone over Greenwood. And he did some fantastic shots. And I got I got really jonesing for a drone <laughs> after I saw the footage. Uh, he was using uh, one of the Mavic Pros which is, uh, you know, a modestly priced, uh, very high-quality drone. And we were only shooting video, so I didn't see any of the stills from from that. But, uh, I mean, he wasn't shooting stills, but uh, I'm really curious about stills from the camera. And, and my other, one of my day jobs is actually reviewing videos for a stock uh, video agency, and I see a really good amount of drone videos, and, uh, and actually an, a, a, an incredible amount of them. And a vast majority of them are very are not very good because I think people uh, don't really understand how to uh, photograph using a drone. I mean, you're doing videos and doing maybe cinematic kind of things, and and the subject matter tends to be a little, uh, um, let's say, boring. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. But when you get somebody who knows what they're doing with a drone, and then you have the right subject matter, you can get some really really good photography. Uh, and you know. Since we were only shooting video, I didn't get to see any of the stills, but it made me really think about what it would be like to have uh, a drone to do still photography. I know they're, uh, the sensors are rather small, and uh, they're, they're usually you know, limited in their megapixels, you know, but you know, it's like sticking a cell phone up in the air and, and taking pictures, and you can get some pretty good photography. And I think a lot of the uh, Mavics, uh, a lot of the DJI uh, drones will photograph in RAW, so you can actually process those pictures. But like the idea of getting a drone and doing some aerial photography uh, would be really interesting. It's funny because I've, I've gotten so sort of like overwhelmed by the amount of drone videos I see during during my job. And I think like I really don't want to, you know, like do we really want to get involved in that? But then seeing the footage that my friend shot when Greenwood Cemetery, I was thinking, wow, that would be really, really cool. And it's just this really other, you know, this other perspective on a, on a neighborhood or an area that I go to a lot. It's interesting seeing this historic place from the air. And, you know, it's funny because when you start looking at it, everything looks so small. I mean, of course, because everything is, you know, you're in the air and so you're looking down and things almost look miniature. Um, but anyway, uh, we're going to be going back a few more times to be shooting uh, video at Greenwood. And, uh, you know, if you guys are interested, I'll keep you apprised of that. When it, when it comes out, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll post a link and, uh, and maybe you guys are interested. But anyway, the, the Scott Kelby photo walk is next week. Uh, so, um, again, if you want to sign up, go to the Worldwide Photo Walk page and uh, look for Greenwood Cemetery. I'll, like I said, I'll put a link in the Podbean page uh, uh, for the show notes for this. And, uh, you know, if you want to sign up and come in. And the being um, now that I'm realizing I'm saying this on the Podbean page, uh, right now the Switch to Manual homepage is, eh, I want to say down, but uh, it, basically <laughs> it basically burned down. Uh, not figuratively, it burned down, and I'm going to be starting it uh, new uh, when I can. The, the, the long story short is that uh, I switched servers, and I didn't save the database from the old one, or it just it didn't go across uh, during the migration, so the database is lost. So pretty much all the old stuff on, on Switch to Manual is kind of gone. <laughs> and I'm laughing because what else am I going to do? Because, uh, you know, a lot of it was... Um, 
you know, of course we had the, the switch to manual, uh, you know, uh, walks on there, but I'm not doing that anymore or not nearly as much. And so I was going to change the page entirely anyway. And yeah, I would love to have archives and stuff like that, but it's not, you know, it's not important, not that important. I mean, right now the, the, this podcast is actually the most important thing and that I can actually, I've got the archives stored on Podbean. And so when I get the new site up, I'll repopulate, uh, the, the, the podcast page with all the old shows. Um, I might be missing some of the photographs and stuff like that, but at least we'll have a link to, you know, I'll have all the old uh, shows up there and then I'll just start fresh. I think I'm really going to focus more on the podcast and, and uh, you know, at some point I'll be doing walks and, and, and tours and stuff like that again. And I'll, I'll just add that as I sort of retool what switch to manual is, because right now it really is mostly about the, this podcast and, uh, and then as, um, you know, I start to think of things, how to re retool it and whatnot. I'll, you know, and, and any suggestions, too. I mean, I really do want to make the site an education site. Um, but again, you know, I got to sort of fit that in with my schedule of doing everything else, like trying to make money. <laughs> so it's it's difficult now. So if you go to the, you know, if you go to switchmanual.com now, and I, I would prefer you not <laughs> because there the, there's a landing page that's kind of half done. And, you know, it's a template. And I started populating with it, but the bottom part of it is like the top part is switch to manual. The bottom part is uh, recipes for cookies because <laughs> I was using I was using a template, and I couldn't I didn't quite finish it yet. So uh, you know I'll let everybody know when you can is a good time to go there. You know, and uh, I'll get it up and running once I get some time. I mean, as the fall comes in, you know, and you know start to hibernate a little bit more in the winter comes in, I think the site will start uh, getting working more. So the other thing is for October, uh, we also have Photo Expo coming in uh, New York City at the like third week of October. And I had pl I planned to take a week off from my job, my, my regular job that I go to on a daily basis, not my, my well, you know, uh, I'm going to take the week off basically and be a photographer that week. Uh, the Photo Expo is uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the Javits Center. And if there's anybody who's going... And you want to hook up, just, you know, ping me on Twitter uh, or Facebook or however you want to get in touch with me. And uh, we'll see if we can hook up. It'd be kind of nice to, to meet some of you people, your listeners out there, if you're actually coming to this show. Um, but usually during the week of the Photo Expo, I have to work and um, I miss like a day and a half of it. So this time it's nice to take the week off and I'll do, um, you know, I'll go to the show for three days and you know, if anybody's in town, I can hook up before or after or even during the show. So I really want to spend the week at there. And I will bring my microphone and um, recorder and I will do a show from there. And I suspect there'll be a lot of people to talk to. It seems like there's a lot of stuff going on uh, this year with, um, you know, new uh, cameras and, and hopefully a little new hardware. Last year it was really kind of a, a little bit of a desert. And so I did I was able to talk to a few people. But I really want to sort of, I want to really go in there this time uh, and, and, and interview as many people or vendors as I can, a lot of more interesting things. So, uh, if, again, if you got any, you know, if you hear about anybody who's going to be there and you want to hook up or, you know, like a booth that you should, you know, you want to hear me talk to, you know, drop a line and I'll see if I can uh, drop by there and talk to them. So, anyway. Uh, I'm doing this show without any notes. I just sat down with my computer. It's Sunday night. It's seven o'clock. I got to go make dinner. 
<laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to talk about? I mean, I wanted to put a show out this week. And, and again, this might be a little bit short, but the thing that I realized that I've got to talk about, and this is going to probably, you know, uh, some of you are going to say, this is where you could probably tune out now because <laughs> this is going to be a little bit of talk about the new iPhone that came out, uh, the iPhone uh, 10s and the 10s Max. And so if you're not into iPhones, uh, you know, nice talk and nice, you know, I'll see you next week. <laughs> you know? But for those of you who are interested in, in hearing this, um, I, I got this 10S. Oh, gosh. The, the, you know what? Apple, we really got to come up with a better naming scheme. But I got the 10S Max. So the, the biggest of the, the newer um, uh, phones that came out. And I got it in the 512 gigabyte configuration. Uh, you know, I'm paying for it. I'm not I'm part of the upgrade program, so I'm buying it, you know, paying for it monthly. Uh, it's just the way that I'm able to get the new phone and I'm upgrading from an iPhone 7 Plus. So I've actually waited a couple of years for this one to come out. That's kind of my cycle. Um, I probably could have gone another year on the 7 Plus, but I was kind of itching for the new one. And I figured, you know, this is about the time, you know, and I, uh, I don't, you know, I'm not buying new phones all the time, but part of why I'm talking about it today, and again, I'm usually not a gear, you know, we don't usually talk gear too much on the show, but sometimes we got to, and, and this is, you know, <laughs> this is what I got to talk about tonight. So it's going to be a little bit of a gear thing, but, you know, I'm looking at it and, you know, I'm realizing that it's a really, really, really expensive um, piece of hardware. It's a, you know, it's a, certainly an expensive phone. And it is, you know, if you're looking at it as a camera, it's a very expensive camera as well. Um, and I was like, well, why am I going to get this, right? And here I'm sitting in front of my laptop now and I'm on my, my desk and I've got, a, I got an old, you know, cheese grater Mac Pro which sits kind of idle most of the time these days. Uh, and I've got this MacBook Pro, which I got off of eBay, which actually was really good condition. And then I got my phone, and somewhere I got my camera. I don't know, might be in the other room. But I'm looking at all this stuff, and I'm thinking, like, you know, kind of when I'm going through the upgrade, I'm thinking, well, what am I using these days? What What's going on with my photo processing and how I'm sharing pictures and whatnot? What am I doing? And if I sit here and I'm looking at all this gear, right, I'm looking at the the Mac Pro, I'm looking at the MacBook Pro, and I'm looking at the phone, and I realize that the vast majority of stuff that I'm doing these days is on this phone. That means, not not photography per se, I mean, I'm, I do take pictures with it, but, you know, I upload my, I, I transfer my pictures from my Fuji cameras to my phone. I use, you know, two or three different apps on there to process. Uh, I share the pictures through the phone. Um, I'm realizing that I'm doing a lot more with this small device that I carry around with me every day, this phone. And I do more than, than I do on my, my desktop and my laptop. You know, and they, they have purposes. You know, I use my desktop and I, I download all my pictures to Lightroom and I organize them that way. And, you know, I have my raw files and if I want to process them, you know, I can, you know, using Lightroom. I also have Lightroom on my laptop, but I don't really use my laptop for a lot of processing. The screen is a little too small, although I will occasionally fire up Lightroom if I have to do some small things. But I realize more times than not, 
I'm I'm pulling out the phone, and I'm using what comes with it. I'm using the the software. I'm using the hardware uh, for my photography purposes. And so, um, you know, I look at this and I'm thinking, well, you know, you know, if I think about it not like a phone, I think about it like a new laptop, then then it kind of makes sense. You know, I mean, you can easily spend you know, $1,500 on a new laptop. I'm then you're going to say, well, how can you do that? I mean, it's not the same. You're, you're right. It isn't the same. You know, it's a smaller screen. It does, you know, there's a lot of, there's certain compromises that you have to make with a, with a, you know, a flat screen phone that you don't have to do with a desktop computer, you know, in terms of keyboards and, and mice and tablets and stuff like that. Yeah, there are compromises. But, you know, for me, I eventually decided that, you know, the mobile processing, the mobile workflow is something that's more interesting to me and it's more immediate. And so, yeah, you know, if I look at my phone, I think about it, I might spend, you know, well, I certainly spend most of my time with all my street photography goes into my phone and I process it using Snapseed or Lightroom Mobile and I upload it to whatever service, you know, whatever sharing service I'm, I'm using. And it never touches the computer. And the only time it touches the computer is when I'm uh, backing up the pictures. And in fact, you know, I use Dropbox to back up my camera roll on my phone. And then when I turn my computer on, my big desktop, Dropbox just synchronizes that. So I get the pictures dropping into my, my computer. So I don't even have to, um, you know, I don't really connect my phone to my computer to do any synchronization. I will do backups, of course. Yes, I mean, that's one thing. But I don't do any kind of uh, like downloading the pictures, you know, directly from the from the phone to my computer. I, you know, sometimes I do, of course, but for the vast majority of times I don't. So anyway, you know, I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking it is serving a lot of these purposes for me. And so when the new phones came out, the new iPhones came out, you know, I got a little bit, ooh, those are kind of cool. And, you know, I watched, the, I watched the keynote address, and I thought that was pretty interesting. And, you know, all the stuff, you know, it's all the showboat stuff that they talk about, and the cameras are this, and the, the amount of space is that, you know. And uh, what actually did appeal to me was the, was the uh, 512 gigabyte upgrade. And, and you're, some of you guys are probably hitting yourself in the head and saying, why the hell does he need that much space? Well, guess what? <laughs> I, I need that much space. My last one... My last, uh, my iPhone 7 Plus was a 256 gigabyte. And you know what? I filled it up mostly with photographs. And yes, that's kind of a pain in the butt, actually. When you've got something like 7,000 pictures and you're trying to find photographs on it, you're scrolling for a long time. But you know what? You know, it. one of the things I don't want to have to do is have to empty my phone of pictures, you know, every whatever, few weeks or whatever. Uh, and the files that I'm putting on it now are a little bit larger because I'm using uh, XT20 Fuji, which is a 24 megapixel camera, and it creates larger files. Right? And so I need a little bit more space to, to store them. So anyway, I figured, you know, I got room to grow, you know. And, you know, maybe this phone, if I'm lucky, you know, the way things work out, maybe it will last longer than two years. Maybe I won't upgrade until, you know, three more uh, iterations of the iPhone. I don't know. And like I said, I could have probably gone another year. I could have, not probably, I could have gone another year with the iPhone 7 Plus uh, without a problem. I mean, would have had to clean out some of the stuff on it. I mean, because I had a lot of pictures on that. But in, in terms of like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really, 
jonesing for new hardware anymore. Uh, and I think they're, um, they're the, the phone are starting to reach sort of the, the, like the peak of like, what can they add to it that makes it more attractive? Uh, but you know, this one, I was just feeling it for this one. And then, yeah, you know, the doubling the amount of space. All right, fine. I get to, I get to have, and then a nice faster, you know, this obviously was faster, much faster. So, uh, yeah. So I watched the keynote and I watched all the things about the new camera and like the, the new neural engine and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, I wasn't like, uh, sold on it, but I was thinking like I was going to get it. I mean, I was already thinking I was going to upgrade and, uh, it came in last week and I got to send my other one back because that's how it works as if I'm in an upgrade program. So we send the old one back and, uh, you know, my, my week and a half with it, has it been a week and a half? Maybe it's about, oh, geez, you know, I don't even know now. I, I think it's been, yeah, no, I got it on, geez, I got it on Monday. So it's not even a week. Uh, and then, you know, like first thing I, of course I had to do is buy a case for it. You know, screen covering, you know, make sure it's all protected. Uh, and, of course, the one thing, one of the things that I'm very interested in is the camera on this. And during the, uh, you know, uh, keynote, they were talking about all the new things with the camera, that it's got bigger photo sites, which means it's better in low light. Uh, the two back-facing cameras uh, are 12 megapixels each, and they work in conjunction with each other to create... Uh, you know, sort of telephoto shots and these sort of fake portrait shots with the uh, out-of-focus background and, uh, you know, whatever else. Those are the ones, that the main cameras that you use. Then there's the front-facing selfie camera, which is, I think, 7 megapixels. And, you know, it has all the uh, features for the face identification so that, it, you know, scans your face and whatnot. Uh, and you know, that's not it. You know, of course I take selfies just like everybody else does with a phone, you know, if I'm taking a picture of myself someplace. So I, I don't really care about that, you know, front facing phone. It's, I mean, the front facing camera, it's there, fine, whatever, takes pictures. And, uh, so, you know, but again, one of the first ways I test this camera, I mean, this phone is to test the camera and, uh, you know, taking pictures of my cats, of course, I always take pictures of cats is usually my first you know, tests of something and then pointing it out the window. Uh, I did some shots in low light because that's part of the uh, part of the selling point of this is that the the back facing cameras are, are uh, at least one of the sensors is uh, it's got larger photo sites. So it's going to absorb light a little bit better. So to say it's better in low light. You know, I, I didn't really notice a, a big difference with between that and my 7 Plus, but I wasn't looking at them side by side. I mean, this this 10XS Max, <laughs> I can't think about that every time I say it. You know, the the pictures at night, you know, I shot with street lights. They look fine. They look great, you know. Uh, I'm, sure, I, I'm sure they're right. I'm sure the sensors are more sensitive to light. Um, I'm not using it as a, uh, you know, I'm not using it as a um, primary camera, of course. It's a, it's that kind of camera that you carry around with you all the time. So, uh, you know, uh, although I do carry my other camera with me all the time, but there are sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes I don't have the other camera with me and it's nice to have this or it's not appropriate, you know, to uh, have a real camera and I can take this. And sometimes when I'm working, uh, you know, I, I like to take pictures of the set that I'm working on and I don't always have my camera, my uh, Fuji wrapped around my neck. So this, you know, whatever phone I have with me makes a good substitute camera. So, 
Yeah, so I played around with it, and you know, this new one's got this thing called Smart HDR, and I'm not going to get into the technical about it because I, uh, you know, it's really sometimes for me in one ear and out the other. But uh, it what it is doing is it's capturing multiple pictures and blending them together to increase the dynamic range of the of the camera. And I'm looking at this and I'm taking some shots, and you know, one of the great ways to test, you know, uh, HDR is to find, you know, like a you know, a very bright day with a lot of deep shadows. And, you know, I'm shooting some stuff with that. And I'm noticing, okay, I can see a little bit, you know, I can see a little more information in the shadows and I can see the highlights are, you know, uh, uh, have detail in them. And, okay, that's fine. But uh, I'm going to jump to, let's see, yesterday. Was it yesterday? Um, I noticed something weird going on with some of the shots I was taking. And, uh, for instance, I was taking a picture of a, out my window of sunset, and I face east, so I'm seeing the sun falling on buildings, and I'm noticing that the screen is doing something weird. Like, um, if I'm tapping on the clouds, and of course when you tap on the clouds on the screen or something bright, then the exposure changes, right, because that's where the point of uh, exposure is. And I'm tapping both on the clouds and then the... Uh, the shadow part, and I'm noticing, I mean, I noticed the camera is making some uh, exposure adjustments based on where I'm tapping, but it's looking kind of weird. And I, I was like, well, you know, it's just this smart HDR, I'm sure. You know, I'm just going to chalk it up to that. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily like HDR, and I don't, you know, I understand why they're putting it on the camera, because they want to increase the dynamic range of a kind of a, you know, essentially, you know, a, a ditzy little sensor compared to a real camera. You know, they got to do something. And, you know, people are shooting in backlighting and sh people are shooting with, you know, all these kind of weird lighting conditions. And I think they're trying to make it easier for the pictures just to come out for people who are not really kind of paying attention to how the camera works or how to take the photograph. And I understand that. But for someone like me, I want to have a little bit more control if possible, right? I mean, it's a phone, right? So I don't know how much control I can have over, but I want to have a little bit more control. And, uh, you know, I would love to be able to, you know, turn this off. Now, there there is a switch in the settings to be able to turn this smart HDR off. Or you can turn it on, but then you can also capture uh, a picture that doesn't have that effect. So, you know, you could leave it on as a safety and then have a HDR picture or a smart HDR picture and then a one that doesn't have that effect applied. I like to turn it off generally and then if I need it, I will turn it on. I was walking down the street the other day and I'm, uh, well, I said, let me just test this camera for some street shots, you know, walking by people and uh, seeing what I can grab. And one thing I did notice that was really good is that there is very, there's almost no delay between the time you want to take the picture and the picture snapped. So touching the, the, the little um, shutter on the screen, it, the picture happens immediately. Or if you use the, uh, on the iPhone, you can use the volume controls when you have the camera application open, you can use the volume controls to take a picture. And and that's actually a really good way to be sneaky because then I can use one hand if I want and I can kind of pretend I'm on the phone and 
you know, walk by somebody with the phone up to my ear and then, you know, fire the trigger by hitting the volume button. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's a little sneaky, but it works. And I was noticing that uh, the pictures were being taken immediately. There was no delay on, on that, which is great because the delay is really on the older phones. The camera delay is, it's like you see something, you want to take a picture and then it's like already moved a little bit and you kind of lose the shot. So you got to, you got to sort of follow where you want to go with it. Um, but the delay seems to be removed. I think, you know, given that it's a new phone with new processors, the speed is increased. They've got that delayed next to nothing. The other thing I noticed that was really cool was I was walking around taking pictures of some people. Actually, I've been doing this for a couple of days and I didn't notice that um, the focus is really good. Like it seems to be locking on the subject that I'm pointing at. And the earlier iPhones, although certainly the 7 Plus and anything before that, um, the focus would, would be kind of waffling in and out. And so I would miss pictures. You know, if I was doing something without actually tapping on the subject to focus it, I would miss the shot. And it would be out of focus or it would be blurry or something like that. And this one I've noticed that the shots, it's definitely locking on on the people. Now, so far I've been photographing people walking by. I mean, I mean, this is one of the ways I was testing it. And uh, I, I did notice that it locked on the person uh, and, you know, took the shot when I reviewed it, they were very sharp. So that's really, really good thing, especially for street photography. You know, if it's looking for, if it, maybe it's doing facial recognition, is looking for people and it knows to lock on there immediately, or it's doing something with the camera and the depth, you know, the, you know, the, the distance uh, that the subject's at. And it's assuming like, you know, the, the subject that's in the picture that's taking the majority of the frame is your subject and it's locking onto it. I don't know what it's doing for auto-focusing, but it's, you know, much, much better than the previous uh, phone cameras on the on the iPhones. Now, the, because of the way the sensor is, the way the phone is, the, you know, it, it, uh, designed, it, it's not the same kind of uh, um, focusing system that uh, regular cameras have. So I, I don't imagine that it's going to be great all the time because it's not anything like, you know, a DSLR or a mirrorless camera with its phase detection and contrast. I don't know, all, all those different autofocus systems. They have to do something else on the iPhone. Uh, I don't know what it is exactly. I haven't really, you know, um, looked into it, but I know it's not the same kind of thing. They have to do something with a single sensor. But, you know, to have that, you know, focus lock on immediately means that when I pick up a camera, when I pick up this camera and take a picture with it, you know, it's going to lock onto something and it's going to happen immediately. And that is really important. I like that. So I, I, I could use this for street photography, but I don't have my other camera around this might be a great alternate. So that's good. So what did I say? Okay, so uh, the HDR is on. Okay, I'm going to get back to the HDR in a second. The focus is good. Um, the trigger is good. Okay, that's great. Uh, but let me go back to the HDR thing for a second. Um, well, that's actually kind of the main point. So I'm walking by, and there's this guy walking towards me, and I'll put the picture up so you'll see it. And he's wearing this red. Uh, it's, it's a sunny day. This is yesterday, I think. Uh, Saturday? Mm, yeah. Uh, and he was wearing this very red jacket and it was a very sunny day out. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take a shot of him with the phone. And I used my, the volume trigger, popped a few shots. And as I, as I looked at it, I was like, what the hell is going on? 
Uh, you'll see the shot. I can barely describe it. I mean, I'll, I'll barely describe it. I'll describe it here. But it looks like, first of all, it looks like the HDR is turned on, right? The smart, H, quote unquote, smart HDR is turned on. Uh, but, you know, what's really interesting is that I actually had it off. So I've, I've, I've turned it off on purpose. It's actually, when you, buy, when you get the phone, it's turned on by default. So if you're wanting it off, you got to go into the settings and turn it off. Because when you get it, it's going to be on. So I'm looking at it, and it looks like the guy is covered in, like, makeup. And everything kind of looks flat. It's the best way to describe it. Like, the colors, no, there's, there's almost, like, no contrast to the picture. Now, especially the guy's face looks like he's covered in, like, uh, uh, foundation makeup. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And so I've been sort of testing this a little bit. Now, there's... The phone's only been out for a week and a week and a half or something like that, and there's already something coming up on the boards, and they're calling it Beauty Gate. <laughs> and I, you know, as a side note, can we just stop using that word "gate" at the end of things? I know it's all referencing to Watergate conspiracy, but it's, it's you know we're getting I'm getting a little tired of it. So, you know, come up with something new already. But they're calling this thing Beauty Gate, and the story about this is that the front-facing camera. The camera that is a selfie camera. Apparently, someone found uh, it, it, that it looks like Apple is applying some sort of softening filter to a picture when you take a picture of yourself. And I, I, they put up some pictures and I watched some video. You know, someone did a video of it, and it certainly looks like it. And of course, I tried it myself, and it definitely looks like it's uh, putting up some kind of softening filter now. Fine, you know, people are calling it beauty gate because it's a beauty, you know, like a beauty dish or a beauty filter that they're adding to uh, the picture. And I'm not a huge fan of this. I mean, you know, again, it's something like you know, if you have it as an on-off switch that you can turn it on or turn it off, uh, that's fine. But um, you know, I kind of like that option. But you know, frankly, I could care less. It's a you know selfie. It's not you know the camera that you're using to take, you know, you know, your tourist pictures with, like, you know, of a scene or something like that, that you want sort of unaltered. So it's a selfie cam and you're going to be putting your face into it. So it throws a little softening filter, right? Yeah. So what? Uh, I don't like it. And I tested it. And yes, it, it does seem to be throwing on a, on a, a softening filter. And, um, I, the, the way I tested it was I shot myself using Apple's phone app, I mean, sorry, their camera app, and then I used, um, I think I used Lightroom, Lightroom's camera app, and you can see that there is a difference between the two. Um, I thought it was might have been built into the camera itself, but it seems like it's a software thing, it's something that's being added to it, but, you know, I'm looking at my skin, and it's a little rough, uh, especially with my beard, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing that there's some aggressive kind of something going on, it makes this, making everything look soft, even like hair. Uh, it almost looks like bad JPEG um, pixelization, I mean, uh, or, or compression uh, artifacting. Uh, so, okay, fine, whatever. And then if they want to call it beauty gate, it's fine. But then I'm noticing that it's not just on the front camera, but it's on the back cameras. Because, like the shot I took of this guy walking by, it looks totally like there was some sort of softening effect added to his face. And I double-checked, triple-checked, actually, to make sure the HDR was turned off. 
and it was. And so then I just started taking some pictures of other things. And actually, when you're looking through, you know, when you're taking a picture with the iPhone or with any phone, you get a preview of actually what you're going to get. You know, it's like a mirrorless camera. What you're seeing on the screen is what the photograph is going to look like. And we had some very strong sunlight and shadows happening and I decided to point at a wall that had some shadows on it and had some blue sky behind it and part of me is expecting like when this HDR is turned off is to see like a deep shadow that might be underexposed you know depending on where I tap the exposure to be uh, to see a maybe a slightly saturated blue sky and a, a red brick wall and a I think I had a green um, wooden wall in front of me like I expect to see some saturation because of the maybe, you know, maybe some underexposure I would add to it. And I'm looking at it and everything looks flat. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And it almost looks like it looks like it's adding some detail in the shadows. I'm like, well, that looks like HDR. But I double checked and it was off. And I don't get that. You know, it looks like there's something up with the camera that is creating HDR pictures out of everything. And, and it's not every lighting condition, but it's all, it was enough that I, like when I started, then I started taking pictures of stuff and I started noticing it everywhere. And then I would run the picture through the automatic processing in the Photos app, like when you press a little magic wand, and I could see immediately after it, like um, the automatic uh, processing um, would automatically build up the contrast on it and it became a little bit better. I did notice it became better, but not great. But I was like, it doesn't look, this doesn't look good. <laughs> it does not look good at all. And so again, a few more experiments. And I turned the HDR back on because when you turn the HDR back on, you can also flip a switch that says save, save the original photo as well. So in theory, what I should do is I take a picture that's got smart HDR and it will create a duplicate shot that has the HDR turned off. And guess what? I took a picture and I can see the HDR, and then when I look at the original one, the one that's supposed to be not HDR, they look exactly the same. I, I cannot see a perceptible difference between the two, between the HDR, uh, the one that's supposed to be smart HDR, and the picture that's not supposed to have it applied at all. So something's up. Something is absolutely up. Now, I'm hoping uh, with, you know, fingers crossed that this is a software issue, and it probably is. I mean, I can't imagine that this is a sensor issue or something like that, and it's certainly not a lens issue. Um, so I, I'm going to assume it's some software kind of thing, and I'm, I'm going to hope that if anybody else is listening to this and has an iPhone, uh, one of the new ones, you know, if you can chime in uh, on Twitter or something like that, we can talk about it some more, see if you guys notice it. Uh, I'm very curious, but I'm really, really hoping that this is something that Apple is going to address, because it is an issue. There is this, obviously, this thing going on. Now, I'm reasonably sure they're going to uh, you know deal with the front facing camera and the beauty filter because uh one of the stories um guys who had pointed this out uh pointed out to apple and they said yeah we're going to address this but i don't really care about that if you want to have a beauty dish or not on the front fine whatever i'm more concerned about the back side of the camera because the back cameras that's the one they use all the time so um apple you know if you're listening <laughs> Probably not. But if anybody who works for Apple is listening, can you guys talk to them, you know, and, and get them to, f to fix this? I don't think it's an issue with my with my can't with my specific phone, because someone I know on Twitter posted uh, a shot uh, or a video and showing so some of the same effects. So I think this is kind of a widespread thing. 
Um, but I haven't really seen a lot of, you know, you know, people talking about it. You know, everybody's sort of like, I guess they're so, you know, the hot, the, what is it? The, um, honeymoon phase with the phone is, you know, still there. Everybody's got this new phone and it's great. And that's, you know, it's all this got, you know, neural engine and it's got the emojis and the, you know, the, uh, the portrait mode, which I got to say is, is, um, I'm still sort of sticking with my story about the portrait mode, which is, um, you know, it's a simulation of, uh, a, you know, a shallow depth of field and it uses the two lenses to, um, to create that. And, uh, it's okay. Uh, it does, it massacres my cat's whiskers. <laughs> you know, I, I took some shots of Opie and, you know, anything like fine line like that, it just, you know, his whiskers are sort of cut off at the side of his face. You can kind of see that and you would expect them to sort of extend out. Right. But, uh, the camera can't get that, which I'm disappointed with. I mean, of course, you know, it's kind of a miracle this stuff works anyway. And these, the, the people who made these devices, uh, my hat, uh, is off and tipped to them because they did a fantastic job. I mean, this is incredible technology packed into something smaller than, you know, uh, a paperback book, right? much smaller than a paperback book. I mean, teeny tiny. And they're doing all these things. And yet, you know, we get these promises that they're, they've worked on this stuff and they're improving and blah, blah, blah. And, and this thing has not improved, certainly not since the uh, uh, iPhone 7 Plus. Um, it, it, it's not getting these fine details too well, but along, you know, the edges and stuff like that, you know, it looks okay. Again, to me, it looks fake because, uh, it looks like, a what it looks like is a Gaussian blur that's been added in Photoshop. Like, you know, you select something and then you blur it and that's fine. You know, if you do want to separate the background and I can get that, that's, that's okay. But as a photographer and someone who knows lenses, you know, and anybody who knows lenses, you know that that is not a reality. A reality with out of focus is uh, generally, you know, you also see sometimes um, with certain kind of lenses, you'll see a, a, a sort of gradual increase in um, the out of focus part. So as, as, as the out of focus part moves away from the subject, you'll see, you know, bits and pieces get further and further and further blurry right and then this is just a blur the blur is on or off i mean there's degrees of blur but it's not a gradual blurring so you know if you if you spend a lot of time looking at pictures that are shot with lenses and then you look at this you know the two are are you know one is just a simulation and not a very good simulation it's more like a it's more like a gaussian blur filter in photoshop um Again, it's not bad. It's built into the phone and it's taking it's doing it live when you're taking the picture. So yes, hat hat gets tipped to those people who made this. That's fantastic. But uh, you know, they're promising us something and I think they're not quite not quite living up to it yet. But uh, you know, there'll be new versions of it, I'm sure. It's not bad. But again, you know, I've taken with certain subjects, if you want to isolate them, like I took a picture of a uh fire uh call box with it and the lines are very distinct around it and it was easy to you know separate it from the background um it looked pretty good you know for, again if you're trying to just separate something from from a noisy background and then you can re-edit it later what i did notice is that there are a couple of other photo apps um that actually seem to do a better job at it and let's see if i can find them very fast uh one is called let's see focus or focus, F 
F-O-C-O-S. That does a really good job of, of uh, using the two cameras to create uh, the blur effect. And then another one called, let's see, Pro, Pro Camera. And there's probably 4,000 apps called Pro Camera. But this one, Pro Camera, they just had an update and they added uh, the blur effect. Uh, and actually it does a little bit better than the, um, than the uh, built-in phone app, uh, phone camera app. So, uh, you know, you can check out different... Um, different apps to try to get you know to get the best out of the camera. I also noticed that some of the other camera apps don't seem to have this, uh, are not tapped into the soft uh, HDR filter kind of thing. Uh, so you know you can move away from using the uh, the default camera app in the phone and use a third party camera. You might actually get better results without having this um, you know fake makeup attached to it. But uh, anyway, um, wow. I've talked for 40 minutes. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go make dinner. Anyway, uh, ongoing, you know, tests with the phone camera. Uh, I did do a couple of street shots that I do like with it. I did a couple of black and whites, and I did a color. I'll post those in the uh, on the Podbean page so you could see them. And they're not bad, actually. Uh, the black and white, you know, when I, well, I wasn't shooting black and white, but I converted to black and white. But the, like the um, the fast focusing and uh, the fast trigger action uh, work really well with those pictures. Um, so uh, I really like this. I really like this. I, I'm really hoping Apple addresses uh, this other issue with the camera and the makeup <laughs> added to it. Uh, I don't like that. Um, and I want to be able to take just sort of like a shot of like a street and not have it look like HDR. I want to be able to turn that on. You know, throw in the switches, throw on off switches. If people want it, fine. Uh, if you don't want it, don't you know be able to turn it off now i know the switches are there but i actually think that there's a bug in which hdr is on all the time like i'm not seeing any difference between turning it on and turning it off and again i'll try to post those um before and after pictures uh or you know on off pictures uh on a on the podbean uh boy it's show notes page excuse me I realize I am starting to crash here because I got to go eat dinner and it is Sunday night. So anyway, uh, that's all I think I have for you. Uh, yes, it was an iPhone gear night, uh, but I wanted to make sure I have a show out. I'll try to be, I'm going to try to be better at, you know, pre-planning out shows and making sure my schedule is good. But this, this month was a little bit hectic and, uh, in my life in general, and then losing the website and stuff like that. And so, you know, flying by the seat of my pants. I think I can do a good job of that, you know. Um, let me just see. I want to finish up with, uh, so anyway, that's done with the camera. If you got any, um, uh, if you want to talk about the uh, iPhone camera, you know, hit me up on uh, Twitter. Uh, let's have a discussion there. Uh, a couple of last minute things is that uh, I will, I have just recorded a podcast with, um, on uh, Bart Bushot's show, Let's Talk Photography. So look for that. I think sometime in the middle of October, he said he would release that. Uh, he's talking to me about my street photography. So it was a great discussion. Uh, he's, uh, I've been on a show a lot and haven't been there in a while. And it was really great talking to Bart. Uh, he is just, I, I just, you know, we haven't met in person yet at all. He's in Ireland. I'm in here. I'm here in New York, uh, in Brooklyn. And, uh, but I, I've been on a show a bunch of times and it's been a while since I've been on. He's been doing a lot of also the kind of uh, one person show things lately, which I've been really liking uh, listening to his thought processes. And so, uh, and then also for the past 
five weeks. Um, uh, I was uh, filling in for Sid on the um, Shutter Time with Sid and Mac. Uh, Sid was on hiatus, and, and Mac asked me, both Sid and Mac asked me if I would fill in. And uh, so I did five episodes on uh, Shutter Time. Uh, last week, I think they, uh, Sid was back, so she was, she's back now. Uh, I can't fill her shoes at all. It's, uh, you know, those are big shoes to fill. She's, she's a great uh, host with Mac. They have a great rapport. But um, I had a good time with Mac. We started doing these, uh, started doing these featured photographer things and, and finding photographers and using, uh, talking about them and then using that sort of as the generation of the subject that we were going to talk about during the, during the show. And uh, so we did five episodes episodes and i think a couple of them i we were just not most of them was just me and mac but then there was a few a couple that we were not alone we had mike mark ryerson on one and i might be just forgetting if we had somebody else on another one um but anyway i would check those five episodes out and plus subscribe to their show it's a great show uh shut up time with sid mac those i definitely consider them my uh canadian cousins um we're, we're sort of in the same uh realm and ideas about photography and stuff like that and you know sort of an unofficial network <laughs> in some way we, we definitely cross promote our shows but um, definitely subscribe to them and definitely listen to the uh, at least listen to the, you know you know um, go back through their back catalog I'm on their show a lot um, but they have we have a great time on that show so uh, but anyway I wanted to say that I had a great time with uh uh, Mac in the past uh, for the past five weeks and I really appreciate Mac that you guys uh, Sid too that you guys uh, thought enough about me that you thought I could fill um, Sid's place for for uh, about a month and so um, I'm honored that uh, I was on that show for a while so that's it I think uh, next week like I said we're going to be the, doing the photo walk and uh, you know, October is a good photo month so uh, you'll, you'll definitely be hearing more I've got uh, those those shows are definitely planned out and uh, we'll see what happens for later in the year but anyway thanks for tuning in thanks for listening so uh, yeah remember you can go to switch to but don't go there yet <laughs> because the website is is not working so well it's just a splash page there isn't much depth there uh, I will be adding to it when uh, things calm down a little bit. Uh, I will certainly clean up the, the homepage. But in the meantime, you know, follow me on uh, uh, Twitter, which is we're switch, the number two manual. So switch to manual. And uh, also you can follow me at AM Rosario on Twitter. That's right now where I'm spending a lot of my time. Uh, also the same names on, on uh, Instagram. And by the way, I'm back on Instagram uh, uh, at AM Rosario. So uh Maybe I'll leave that for another uh, story uh, to be continued, um, of course. And uh, what else? Uh, you know, I think that's it. Keeping it short, I, although I managed to talk for 50 minutes. I didn't think so. I'm, I'm sure Elizabeth is uh, waiting for me saying, uh, when are we going to start cooking? So I better go now because <laughs> I got to eat. All right. So thanks for hanging in and I'll see you in a couple of weeks and uh, adios. Adios.